Welcome back to Voices by Viv. I'm your host, Riley Conroy, and today I am joined by Kara Roselle Smith. Kara, thanks so much for being here. Of course. Thank you for having me. And um, I'm sure, you know, we have a lot to talk about today, but before we get into any of the the more uh, in-depth conversation, can you just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and the work that you do? Sure. Um, so my name is Kara, like you said. Um, I currently do um, a lot of like social justice and educational um, work surrounding uh, both of my identities, which are being African-American and being indigenous. Um, so I do, um, I work freelance for myself, but I do a lot of partnerships that are um, just surrounding the promotion of sustainability and um, the importance of understanding the cultures and, and the people that are in America today. Amazing. And how did you get started with this? I mean, you mentioned it's like linked to your identity, but how did how did you, you know, turn into kind of someone who was able to work for themselves and have this platform? Yeah, so I would say that I I think I've always had a little bit of a knack and interest in like communication and social media. I've remember like kind of creating stores when I was younger and creating like ad flyers and weird little stuff like that. Um, But then I did go on to um, study like communication in part with um, music management of all things in in college. Um, But I did a lot of internships and a lot of my early kind of like adulthood work um, with um, social media and community uh, management. But um, I actually am in the place I'm at now, ultimately, because I was one of the people who got laid off when coronavirus had had started. Um, And I kind of through that, I was a little bit comfortable. I was um, the past couple of years, I was trying to do better with my savings goals. So I did like give myself a little little bit of a cushion, which I was (laughs) grateful for. Um, And I know that not everybody had that luxury or opportunity. Um, And then during that time, I kind of was like, you know, I've been thinking about leaving anyway and trying to like do my own work online. Um, So why not try to like give it a trial run now? Um, And had kind of been working, um, doing a lot of like semi-activist related work um, and some like what you would call influencing work. Um, And then when the the unrest was really at its greatest last summer, I had made a lot of um, educational posts and infographics, and um, a few of those really um, saw or were seen by a lot of people. Um, and so I think like work picked up then, and since then I've been kind of maintaining partnerships and just doing a lot more educational work, whether it was around like um, the criminal justice system in America, um, the um, racial issues and my identity. That's awesome. Do you think, obviously, I mean, you can't plan for a layoff or something like that. And that that definitely can, Mm -hmm. can be nerve wracking, but do you think ultimately that was kind of like a a blessing in disguise and that it kind of like forced you into this new path? 100% because, um, while nobody plans for one, I think that I ultimately knew I wasn't like really happy where I was at. I was kind of feeling like I, hit the ceiling where I was and was thinking about either going elsewhere or trying to figure my own thing out, like I said. But um, yeah, it was definitely a blessing in disguise. And that's not also to say that I didn't have hard days. I mean, when it first happened, I remembered I cried, um, just like took that afternoon in the day to kind of process it and be like, okay, this is what I have to do next. Um, But I did have some days um, and like week spans where I was just like feeling down and trying to 
come up with a plan, but also realizing I don't have to rush figuring out my life completely, but, you know, trying to find something that was somewhat sustainable for work. Um, but it was a, a blessing in disguise. I can't imagine. I'm, I'm just really grateful that it happened looking back about a year ago now. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of nice when like the universe makes a decision for you. Like it kind of takes the, yeah. the chance out yeah. of it, just like pushes you. Mm-hmm. Um, but to your point, like, it's just all sunshine and rainbows like definitely definitely comes with its challenges for sure and and going off of that like how do you stay motivated now to do this work like what keeps you kind of going what like what's like the fire that that burns that that kind of keeps you um you know getting up and getting after it every day sure um I think it's like a couple part question um or answer but I I think that first just like my I think like innate sense or like innate curiosity um like I'm just curious like they're the things that I'm currently curious about and want to learn more about. So just like having that um, interest um, really at the end of the day is something that keeps me going and it's it's information and just like topics and conversations that I'm really curious about and want to learn more about. And um, I'm excited to share them. And it also kind of like helps me to understand them better to then like reframe. So, and like make it digestible for other people. Um, it just like, ingrains it in my head more, if that makes sense. Um, and then um, I would say just the community and comments that um, the work sometimes brings and hearing people like say, like, I didn't know this, or this is like really great. Like I'm, I'm appreciative of this like new newfound knowledge. Um, that feels great. Um, and just a comment I read the other day, just on TikTok, um, a, a woman saying that, she's grateful and feels like she is like, it's it's helpful to see with her on her her path to learning her indigenous culture. And so comments like that are like really humbling and it's so fun to be able that we can connect in that way um, at this day and age. But I would say, yeah, just my curiosity and then like feedback from community. Yeah. I love that you bring up curiosity because I feel like so many people talk about like, oh, this is just my passion. This is just my passion. And for me, like as someone who's Mm -hmm. not totally found her passion yet, I'm like, what does that look like? But I think it's really interesting how you frame it as like what you're curious about and like what actually interests you. It's like the things that you want to learn about. Mm -hmm. And then like, it's, it's kind of self-growth in that way that you're able to like explore, but you're also able to kind of put stuff out. That's really cool. Definitely. Definitely. Awesome. And in terms of like, you talked a little bit about, um, you know, developing that community and like feeling maybe validated and, and um, feeling especially grateful for folks that see your content and, you know, learn from it or feel more seen by it. In terms of how you have operated in the world as a Black and Indigenous woman, can you talk a little bit about that? I mean, I know that's that's a not a, a quick question to unpack, but yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think that, like you said, in like the content that makes people feel seen, like a lot of the content I make, I like make it a lot of times with like younger me in mind. Um, So I feel like a lot of that was navigating and not feeling completely validated or not feeling seen. Um, I so I am black and I am indigenous. Um, My dad is African American and my mom is african-american and indigenous and i think that just that in and of itself was difficult or is difficult because um just like as a black person in america and having an african-american heritage a lot of times you aren't connected with like your black 
side at all um, or like the real traditional practices that come with that heritage. So the one that I connected most with and the one that um, was like the biggest influence in my mom is like, I'm grateful that she knows about her indigenous heritage was that. So it was, it's kind of weird because I was navigating and more in tune with my indigenous practices. Um, but I really like outwardly to the world for the most part, look like a black woman. So it was like always kind of feeling like I didn't completely fit in. Um, but I think it was a, it was a bit difficult when I was growing up because of that and because of colorism. Um, but now I think that that's just fueled me to embrace it all the more. Um, and then show younger kids like and my cousins um, really like sometimes I like see them comment on posts that I make or the things on our tribal Instagram account. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm so happy that they like care, or, like wanting to learn more about themselves. So <laughs> I think it's really great that you have like. Um, like you said, you're grateful that you have um, your mom's kind of culture and like heritage to to reflect on because, I mean, I recognize yeah. that, I mean, even even on the Native side of things, but especially with like the history of slavery in this country, like you can't, it's not always easy to connect back to like to the culture um, as an African-American person. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know, it's 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 nice that you have that, like a, you feel like that um, tight relationship to your native side and you can connect back to that um yeah yeah I'm really grateful for that for sure um and I do I was actually just talking with my mom about it but I do want to like also make the effort to I guess trace my dad's side back a little bit more I do know like I think up to my great-grandparents on his side and then it's just like really difficult to go past there so but I think when I have some more time on my hands I'm going to dig into that as well because it would be nice to know like all of you you know totally totally I feel like it's really um like can be humbling in a really positive way to like to to know all that came before you and like all all of the kind of ancestral mm -hmm. history that that brought you like you as a, as a just a single person um so yeah I don't get to do that I feel like that could be really uh, really fascinating okay do you feel like you talked a little bit about this, but like, you know, the world probably is going to perceive you as a black woman. And you talked a little bit about colorism and, and probably just um, general being kind of either invalidated or like not seen. Do you think, like as an indigenous woman is what I'm referring to, do you think that in part kind of like fuels you to, to really speak up on indigenous issues? Um, yeah, I would say so for sure. Um, I think that, I mean, so much of like, I mean, marginalized people in general, which includes like indigenous people as well, um, is just not being seen as being glossed over, like voices aren't heard. And I feel like realizing that I have a voice and, you know, like people are starting to listen to your voice. Um, it It's really um, inspiring me to speak on indigenous issues and speak on things that can be um, kind of like corrected and we can learn from while we move forward. Absolutely. And I imagine there's like a certain degree of, of overlap of like maybe takeaways and just like, you know, kind of messages that you can put out, like, you know, um, to any marginalized community, whether it's, you know, an identity that you have or, or other things. So I'm sure that's, that's content that you're putting out that's helpful for, for people for a variety mm -hmm. of reasons. I'm sure it touches a lot of audiences in that way. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> do you have any sense, this is sort of random, but do you have any sense of like what your 
follower breakdown is. I, I've recently, like, I have a friend who has, like, a large following on TikTok and, like, looks at their ad- analytics a yeah. lot. I just think it's really fascinating. To like, yeah. who's seeing this? Yeah, no, I do. I have, um, I, you know, it's, I haven't looked at, well, it does country, cities, age, and sex, correct? Yeah. Yeah, so I think that um, on TikTok, I just saw my TikTok ones the other day because I've been really like getting into a groove and trying to be consistent on there. Um, so I've been like browsing the analytics a bit more. But um, I saw, I think I have like a large percentage of women, something like 74, 75% is women, are women, um, and like 25% male. Um, and I think that like, it seems like my like following age group reflects my age, which is from like, I don't know, like 24 to 29 or something like that. And then like the next or like the youngest section of years um, or yeah, like the next five-year chunk is like going down from there in age. And then um, I think that my top city I remember seeing is New York um, and like United States. I feel like I have like a – maybe like a UK – US – Canada and like Brazil top oh, cool. countries kind of breakdown. Um, but that's all I can remember right now. I wish I could remember more. <laughs> Were you curious about like a specific category? I was just I like I, I feel like it doesn't surprise me that you have like um, 75% or whatever it was of women because I feel like, I don't know. I feel like most of the the people that I look up to are like other women like that I can identify with. And I feel like yeah. you're just maybe women are more likely to be engaged with like, um, I don't know, you have like a combination of like social justice and also just like being cool and like living, <laughs> living a cool lifestyle. Like, and I feel like that maybe resonates more with women, but I was just curious. Um, I think it's always right. interesting because like some people have like surprising follower bases that they like, you might not like associate with them. I don't really know. Yeah. yeah. You talked a little bit about TikTok and I'd love to hear about like how you've gotten use out of that platform, what you see it kind of turning into for you. Um, TikTok. Um, I think, okay, well, like I downloaded TikTok for the first time last fall um, through like the push of a friend. And I was like, I had seen them like peripherally, you know, I was just like getting, seeing them on Twitter, seeing them on Instagram and hadn't really thought of starting my own account. I was like, I have so many social media handles. I can't deal with this. (laughs) Um, but then had downloaded it and, um, had, had kind of just observed, continued to observe kind of, I guess the trends and what people were posting and liked the little curated for you page. It was funny. Um, but had really decided to start posting, um, kind of like when I was seeing like people talking about their indigeneity, I saw a bit of that on the app. Um, and I was like, I post about that a little bit on my Instagram. Maybe people would be curious about it because we have kind of like a small tribe in comparison to people that are like Inuit of Canada or just like larger tribes out West. Um, So I was like, maybe this is an opportunity for our voice to be heard just because it seems like TikTok is such a helpful platform for creators and people can learn about like the East Coast tribes um, that they may not know much about. So that's kind of why I started TikTok. And I think that's where I'm going to continue to go with it, at least for the near future. Um, 
But yeah, did you did you have two parts to your question? Did I hit both of them? I don't remember. No, you you hit it. Yeah, I just think it's really interesting because for me, like I first downloaded TikTok like early in quarantine, like maybe in the spring of last year, as like not like a joke, but like as a joke because I was like, oh, I'm too old for this, like whatever. But right. like I have nothing to do, so like let me just pop on. Yeah, and then like I remember in the beginning, like my my for you page was like dogs because I like dogs and I was like okay sure like this is great and then like very quickly like as I started engaging with different content like really for me became more of an educational platform than anything else like definitely like some entertainment to some degree but like I was thinking out resources like I was like the videos that I was most engaged with were like informative ones that were teaching me about like things that I didn't know and so it's like interesting to me that this like social media platform that started in like the music world and has like all these gen z like dancers having a good time like is also like has this entirely different side to it with like content creators like yourself who are on there for the purpose of like using the platform to educate and spread awareness um and like build community in that way yeah no for sure and like i mean like you said you had downloaded it and thought like you couldn't use it or not that you like couldn't create on it um but like you said like there are so many people I think initially like hear of TikTok and they think of just like dancing videos and like they were I think they were like musically or connected to them at some point but then you realize once you're on there and enter and engage like you said also um you start to hit other pockets of TikTok like people are like I'm on like I don't know like therapy TikTok or whatever like there are so many different like niches and like subcategories within the app. And I think that's what's so fun because you can really like get lost in, I don't know, you can just really start like an educational journey on that app (laughs) Um, and like take it outside and like use it as like a launch pad. But um, yeah, it's a really great place to be. And I think that at least for right now, something that's makes it so, well, I feel like it's just a fun way to engage with information um, but beyond that, it's an app that seems to really cater to and care about creators and like want their work to be seen. Um, so there's always a chance, like no matter how small you are, you start out with like no audience um, and people can just quickly see your videos if you're like, you know, just like posting things that you're passionate about and, and I don't know, giving something, giving people something kind of like creative and inspiring to watch. Yeah. I think it's incredible how many like, little rabbit holes and like really niche things there are on TikTok like to your point like you can really take an educational journey you can get down a rabbit hole and you can like really learn some stuff and then like definitely I I just have to let TikTok be my like exclusive uh like source of information because like that can't be healthy but um (laughs) but it is like it's it's I've I've just like happened upon videos about things that I like otherwise wouldn't have known about because they are so niche or so specific and I think it's super interesting like yeah it's really cool yeah no now I'm I like when I first started I feel like I'm on all apps I'm very selective of like my likes not my likes but like you know like saves Mm -hmm. or like favorites or whatever on TikToks um but like, because I used to like archive them and I like kind of save different ones for ideas as well. But I feel like now it's just like, just like a black hole of a bunch of videos. It's kind of overwhelming, but there's a lot of good content on there. <laughs> it's also from a, like, as a content creator, do you feel like, um, like you have to put 
more time, less time, the same amount of time into like creating maybe like an Instagram post versus like a TikTok. Like I feel like TikToks are a little like piece of art that like if you really want to get like the closed captioning and all of that, like they're kind of time consuming, I feel like. They are. I think that yeah, I've I've spent a, a bit more time, I would say, on creating TikToks than any of my like Instagram content. Um, and it, but it's nice now though because a lot of times I'll take a TikTok video and like use it and post it as a reel on Instagram. So it's nice to like cross that over at times. Um, but yeah, I think like for example, this past um, the past couple of weeks and up until the last day of February, I kind of set a made a deal and like set goals with myself to post at least once a day every day um, on TikTok because I'm trying to just like see um, just like see how I can grow and what I can do like being consistent with content and information um, and also as a challenge for myself so the past yeah for at least the past like 10 days I've been doing it consistently and I think that it does take a lot of time to create content this is a long-winded answer. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it does take a long time oh, to create content. Um, but um, I do think it's helpful to do it in like to batch stuff or to like archive things. And so like the day, a couple of days before I decided I was going to start posting consistently, I already had a bunch of video ideas um, and like had, and I write them down in a notepad, um, like on notes on my phone. So I'll like have ideas and I'll have like a, like emoji that signifies an original idea versus an emoji that like signifies like what I want to do with a trend sound. So I just like have them divided into those two. And then um, I'll like go and like in the morning, I'll like film when it's good lighting. And I'll like be like, this is I'll like, sorry, I just said like seven times hate that. Um, <laughs> we I um, will work out and then I'll get ready for the day, have my breakfast and then start filming TikToks. And so then um, for the next couple of hours, I'll go through my notes and film the ones that I like really have already. Like this is the idea. This is what I'm going to like caption it. This is the subtitles or any scenes that I have. And most of mine are easy because it's either just me talking or I'll use like the green screen and just use a screenshot that's on my phone. I haven't done any crazy like play like just different like scenes yet so something to get into for the future maybe but yeah I I would say I probably I mean dedicate um I don't allow myself to go on TikTok like during the day usually I'll like post like I can look at it in the morning post in the morning and like record some and then at night I'll like scroll through and then I can use that time to like entertain myself but I'm also always constantly like thinking about ideas with all the videos that I see um, and then just like add that to my notes and like redo it. So it's kind of just like this rolling <laughs> thing. Um, and I always kind of have like content archived and make sure that if it's like a trend type of video um, that I'm not sitting on it for too long because then it can get irrelevant. So <laughs> that is so interesting. Yeah. Just hearing how yeah. you like tiktok meanwhile like i'm just like constantly going through just like absorbing 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 like not thinking about yes. anything like because i'm not like <laughs> there to create content I'm there to absorb it and, um, you said like right. oh, i don't use TikTok the day i'm like i should probably not use tiktok during the day because it's like <laughs> yeah it's such a rabbit hole i like yeah, like it's definitely difficult, like for me too, to not go on during the day. Sometimes my finger will like go to hit it, and I'm like, no, we're not doing that right now because it will like sometimes just eat up like 50 minutes or an hour. 
But um, yeah, like let myself look in the morning and then at night. And that also helps because I think that's something that's not talked about, or maybe I'm just by myself in this, but I think that sometimes there can be like some anxiousness or I don't know, I just like want to check on like, you just like want to check on performance sometimes. Um, And so by like having that rule with myself, I allow myself to like, I usually post in the morning and then I'll just like not touch it because then I feel like sometimes you can, and I with Instagram like ruin days by like refreshing stuff and like kind of seeing how the post is doing and to just not give attention to that and be like, I'm going to be intentionally living the rest of my day no matter like what that is doing and I'll see what happens at night, like has been kind of freeing. Totally. I was going to say, I feel like that's a very healthy way to approach it because I do think like in general, and I, this is not from my own experience because I don't create, I'm not a content creator, but like from friends that I have that Mm -hmm. do do that, it's like be really like addicting to know like, oh, how's my video doing? Like, how's my post doing? Like, and needing to kind of go back for that like validation and feeling like, oh, if this post doesn't get as many likes, like it was bad or like it, like it wasn't good. And I feel like, you know, there's that, that, that can be really harmful because it's like, you know, sometimes the algorithm does something weird and it doesn't promote your post in the way that you want it to, but that doesn't mean what you have to say and the content that you're producing isn't still super valuable. Yeah. Yeah. Really interesting. I could go on about TikTok all day long. It's just like, yeah, me too. It's so crazy. (laughs) Um, but one of the other things I wanted to talk to you about is just like talking a little bit more about periods. It's obviously what, what Viv's all about and like what we all kind of, um, started the podcast to talk about. So what's like, what's, I mean, to whatever degree you're comfortable sharing, like what's your relationship with, with periods and like, how has your journey changed? Um, maybe also in regards to like your sustainability journey along with that, I'd love to kind of hear. Sure. So I think I actually had um, or have, I don't want to call it like a weird, but I think it was maybe odd uh, when I was younger that I was so excited to get my period. Um, Like I really wanted my period for for, like it represented, I think I was also a little bit obsessed with like kind of growing up, but I feel like it just like represented womanhood and that seemed just like exciting to me. And I like loved all of that. And I loved like reading the care and keeping of you. I just loved everything about like puberty. So um, <laughs> it was so odd. Um, but I can't say it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think I was like very, like I was very excited about it. And of course, like I got mine like on the later side. I think I was like in eighth grade or high school. And so I was a little bit stressed about it as well because I was like, oh, my friends, I think like have gotten their period. And like, where's mine? <laughs> um, but yeah, like I think I think um so I've since I started my period, I've been I've always been kind of like a tampon person, um, just because I did do a lot, like a lot of swimming was pretty active, um, and like always moving around. So that worked the best for me at least. Um, and up until last year I had been using tampons. Um, but yeah. And I, I, th- I would say like symptom wise, I think for a few years there in like high school, my period was pretty rough and crampy. Um, like sometimes it would be a little bit uncomfortable. I'd have to like take a take a day or take a heating pad um but I then went on birth control which 
is a whole other thing. I kind of want to get off because I know it can be very harmful. It's not natural. And to think that I've had like my hormones altered for almost all of my 20s is a little bit terrifying. Um, (laughs) But um, that's for another conversation or another day. But that has helped my cramps a lot. Um, That's helped a lot of things. Um, So like my period is pretty nice to me, I would say. Does give me breakouts sometimes, but I recently switched over to using the cup with Viv um, and was really excited because I'd been kind of flirting with the idea for a while, but I just never committed. Um, so it, I was just really glad when I was connected um, and like found out about Viv and was like, let me try the cup for the first time. And it was a lot. I think something that was hanging me up was thinking that like the cup would be difficult to manipulate or deal with. And it's really not uncomfortable at all. It's easy to use, like it's easy to put in and take out. Um, so that's just just makes it 100 times better as well as knowing that um, I'm being more sustainable and I'm helping the environment. And I, yeah, I think that that's, that feels really good. Totally, totally. Yeah, I'm also like a fully committed cup user now. Like, I mean, I still use like pads yeah. sometimes when I sleep or like tampon sometimes when it's just like more convenient for whatever reason. But like, I love having the, the menstrual cup to mix it up, like having that in my arsenal <laughs> throw in there. Um, I think it's so interesting that you said that you were excited for your period. I feel like that's actually like really refreshing to hear because like, yeah. I was like, first of all, I thought when women got their period or menstruators got their period, you got it one time. And it was like, that was like your transition from like childhood to adulthood. And you just like had a period and that was it. And I remember finding out that it happened every single month for like years. And I was like traumatized. I was like, like whatever. And I was also reading the care and keeping of you and like found it so like, embarrassing and like cringy and like I'm so glad to hear that that's not everyone's experience that you were actually like excited for it that's really unique oh thank you I actually too um have or had like in high school um like one of my first boyfriends who definitely thought that the period like it he thought that happened every month but he thought it was like once like one day like one bleed or whatever and then you're done (laughs) yeah it is so funny to hear like people's misconceptions whether they're not menstruators or just like people like as as kids before they had their periods like it's so interesting Mm -hmm. to to hear like what those misconceptions are because I think it reflects like how little we talk about periods and like how it is this like taboo subject that's really supposed to be like clinical and like for for doctors or something or like exclusively in like hushed tones so I think it's like important to like I don't know create dialogue and not have these misconceptions because like it was more traumatizing for me to like not know and then have it like this big secret broken to me that like it was actually gonna happen monthly for many Mm -hmm. years like I think it would have been like a healthier conversation if it was just like talked about more openly when I was younger for sure it's really important to normalize body functions that are completely normal and how all of us have gotten here too, like with with periods uh, specifically. Um, But yeah, it's nice to, it's like, I'm just so happy that podcasts like this are coming into fruition. And like with TikTok, we said, like, I feel like that's actually something where 
that I guess I would say like Gen Z is spearheading it, but I think just I mean everybody collectively on there, like just be. It seems like people are really allowing themselves to talk more freely about experiences. Um, that's really refreshing. Yeah. In general, I think like I, I would say Gen Z is like really paving the way of like talking openly about so many things that I think older generations like thought were taboo. Whether it's like having conversations about their own experiences like with their mental health or just like having more can- con- candid conversations about like race and social justice in this country. Like I just feel like a lot of that is like Gen Z is not letting people shy away from it. It's like you have to face it. You have to talk about it. Like this is life. Like let's be candid. So I think that's good. Yes. I love them for that. I really do. I like I think I'm like kind of on the I say this all the time, like on the edge of like millennial or Gen Z. I really don't understand where the the line gets drawn. But like I like to like pretend I'm in Gen Z because I think they're really awesome and they're like doing really cool things. So I'm like, yeah, I'm with them, like with all their Yeah, right? They would love they they're so inclusive. They want to have me. Yeah. There's room. Plenty of room. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, that pretty much wraps up the kind of like big questions I have for you. Is there any kind of like tying up yeah. thoughts that you have that you wanted to share? Sure. I think that I actually thought of something um, like after the question about like, I guess my relationship with my period or like kind of switching to sustainability. And it's also nice because while I mean, it's good for the environment, everybody as a whole, like for like future practices, it's kind of nice because I feel like um, doing like like switching what am I trying to say Um, making substitutes for more sustainable um, practices um, kind of reminds me of like my indigenous heritage and I think probably like black heritage as well if I were to look into that but just like remembering um, and knowing like how sustainable indigenous cultures are and like how like I mean it could be regarding periods or it could be regarding like if they're hunt, they had an animal hunted and they're using it for a meal, but also make sure to use every single part of that animal for something, whether it's like utensils or tools or like something that they're wearing. Um, I think that it's cool to see that like sustainability tie, like kind of trickle down um, and start to be implemented again. So, Yeah, that's really interesting. It's like, the zero waste lifestyle of your ancestors like it's like the- yeah it's like what we just should have been doing like the whole time we're just like circling back because we're like oh this didn't this progressive like crazy progressiveness didn't work out the way we thought yeah, like, shocker actually the people who are native to this land actually know knew how to best preserve it like let's go back to like <laughs> their practices like i mean you know that's really interesting. i think that's it's really cool it's like I don't know, finding connections in like this. I, I think the, the sustainability like um, like atmosphere is like a little bit trendy right now, but it's nice to kind of like peel it back yeah. and just think of it as like almost a way to connect back to your like native roots and, and engage with them. It's really, yeah. it's really awesome. Yeah, thank you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Before we hop off, can you just let everyone know where they can find you? I'm sure they're going to want to check out your TikTok now that we've talked about it and your Instagram. Yes, of course. Um, so I'm at Kara Roselle S um, everywhere on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and on YouTube. I don't post as frequently on YouTube, um, but I have one, but it's all the same. Awesome. Awesome. And then actually with one more final thought, I didn't ask. 
can you share just a little bit about um, like what you do to take care of yourself and protect your energy as you're doing this work, maybe as advice for other people who might be um, navigating similar spaces to you who might, might need some suggestions or just want to learn about how you take care of yourself? Yeah, of course. I think that um, just like implementing some grounding practices is really helpful. Like every day I try to do some movement, whether it's like a high intensity workout that's short or some yoga. Um, And I try to like eat breakfast and I have like lemon water. So just like even little things like that kind of give you like a home base um, to kind of like ground yourself to. And then I guess I would say like um, what I had mentioned with giving yourself space from online, um, even if it's the tool that you utilize and that you um, make a living off of, um, it's good to have some space from that because that can be overwhelming. So taking intentional time away, and my time is usually like during the whole middle chunk of the day, unless there's some like partnership or live event Mm -hmm. that I have to be a part of. Um, Taking that intentional time away is very helpful. And um, getting comments that are upsetting or that are like questioning identity or anything that can be like kind of viewed as harmful or triggering. Um, Just like pick and choose when you respond to those because at the end of the day, you don't really owe those people anything. Um, So if you don't want to respond, that's completely okay and you don't have to feel guilty for it. I think that's really important. I feel like in all ways right there, you're talking about like protecting your energy and really like, you know, putting yourself first because like the content that you produce is, is not, is, is nothing if, if there's not a, a whole person who's like healthy and doing okay behind it. So I'm glad to hear mm-hmm. you have some, some practices in place to, to keep yourself kind of staying, um, staying afloat and, and staying positive. So yeah. thank you so much Kara and everyone who's listening thanks for joining in and we'll see you all hopefully next week thank you for having me bye